wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. I have Ruben Alex in here. He is with Vortex Optics. I've really been wanting to spear some animals and I've hunted Texas three years now. This was the third year doing it with a spear and finally killed an animal, but she's eight years old and goes down there and on her first spear hunt, she spears an Ibex and he runs 30 yards and falls over dead. And I was like, this girl, she's gonna be, <laughs> she's gonna be something. And I had my buddy in the blind with me. He killed a really nice seven pointer. We were sitting there and like, he about wore me out. It was like hunting with my eight year old. Like, we gotta go get it, we gotta go get it. And I'm like, that deer ain't going nowhere, just calm down. Well, finally, after like 22 minutes, all right, let's go find the bolt. As I was getting out of the blind, I look up and there comes another deer, you know, a decent buck. I'm like, get back in the blind. So we set back down and when you know it, this buck turns and walks right by us 30 yards and I shot him. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, it is part three of our three-part series with Vortex Optics. This episode is going to be a little bit different. It's a behind-the-scenes take. Me and Ruben talked a lot prior to and after those two episodes, and we shared a lot of really fun, interesting, and heartfelt hunting stories. Hey, Ruben, how are you? Yeah, we're doing good. How's the audio? Is that okay? Yeah, that sounds really good here. Give me, uh, just say a few things and I'll double check here on the soundboard as well. All right. Um, I'm excited to talk to you this evening. Heck yeah, that's awesome. That's working good now. Man, how you been? We're doing good. How's the, uh, how's the weather where you guys are at? So today was really nice. It was a little windy, but overall not bad, like in the mid 40s. So I'm uh I'm home here in Virginia and I uh, spent the last 2 weeks working up in northern Pennsylvania and it's been below freezing and snowing just about every day so mid 40s is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, we're uh yeah, yeah. We're we're usually, you know, down uh closer to zero right now and um it's been nice. We've been in the 30s and 40s and it's I think it was almost almost 50 today so we're we're gonna we're gonna take what we can get, especially for being winter. Yeah. No, you are you up in Wisconsin? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's where Vortex South Central Wisconsin. Okay. Good deal. So what is where is that in relation to like Madison? Uh we're we're about thirty minutes uh west of Madison. Okay. I had a buddy, um oh in my early twenties, uh that lived local here, but he was originally from Madison, Wisconsin. And about five years ago, he moved back and we stay in contact pretty, you know, regularly. And I always tell him I'm going to come out there, but my schedule never really opens up enough for me to just make a trip. But, um, he, he tells me there's big deer out there all the time and he don't hunt, but, uh, I, I'm, I think I need to take him up on his offer. <laughs> Yeah, we we got a few of them yeah. for sure. Um, you know, it's it's not. Uh, I, I wouldn't say 
Well, you know, and, and it probably depends a little bit on who you talk to. Um, uh, the deer hunting is really good. Uh, if you're, you know, looking for numbers, uh, there's tons of deer. Our deer numbers are really high. Um, there's a lot of pressure though. I mean, um, finding a good spot to hunt is getting, you know, tougher and tougher, especially kind of with Wisconsin's reputation for growing big bucks. Yeah. And I think having more, you know, more Boone and Crockett, uh, and Pope and Young entries into the record book than any other state, um, Wisconsin's, you know, a lot of people come here to chase big bucks. And so, uh, it's, you know, it's not uncommon to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a, you know, a 40 acre lease. Uh, so, um, getting, getting good places to hunt, it's not hard. Um, but you know, it does take a little bit of work. And if you want to grind it out on uh, public kind of just depends on what part of the state you're in down here where we're at, uh, there's a lot of public hunting opportunities and, uh, you know, it kind of just, if you want to go for it and put the time in, you can do it for sure. Um, but you know, you'll see some other people and stuff, but, yeah. um, but it's good. We, we got a good deer herd here. Heck yeah. Our, uh, so here in Virginia, we're pretty liberal as far as like bag limits and daily bag limits and things like that. And I don't know how we really compare to a lot of other states. I do know that compared to West Virginia, we're pretty, uh, you know, uh, equal in that both states allow three antler deer per season and or per hunting year and i wish that they would drop that and go from three bucks a year to one buck a year just to see what we could do and what we would come up with as as a state because we've got really good genetics but the deer just don't stand a chance and you know i'm not necessarily a trophy hunter so to speak um to each their own when it comes to that but i'd rather shoot a doe than to shoot a young buck and you know if it makes people happy to do that and i'm all for it but um man i would love to see them because like up in pennsylvania i hunt a lot of public ground up in pennsylvania where i work but it's a one buck a, a year and it's got to have three points on one side in order it, for it to be a legal buck yeah. unless they're you're considered youth disabled or veteran and uh just the sheer number of deer that you see as far as antler deer and big antler deer is it's you know 10 to 1 there to here and uh it's it's something that you know i've been a part of in you know hunting in pennsylvania over the last decade and i've seen it and i've seen what it's done up there that i would love for for virginia to do something very similar but i don't think they ever will yeah it's like we we get a as resident we get a, a buck with firearm so yep. uh, you can either use that during uh rifle season or muzzleloader and then we get a buck with archery mm. um and you know there's been parts of the state and parts of the region that have had a four-point restriction before and you know it seems like a lot of the biggest deer come out of those areas um yep. i will say that even though wisconsin doesn't have that typically people um they have a pretty good understanding that if you shoot little ones you can't shoot big ones right um you know compared to some some other areas where i've hunted and it's like i remember growing up uh some some friends of mine and their families where they grew up they kind of had 
you know, an agreement with a bunch of neighbors, um, you know, sharing trail camera pictures and stuff like that. And, and talking with the neighbors, like, you know, what, what bucks were fair game. And, uh, they were always the people that shot the biggest deer, not always the most bucks, but they always shot the biggest bucks. And then you would still hear people be like, well, yeah, they do that silly deer management thing, you know? And it's like, yeah, but they shoot the biggest deer. And even, even only, you know, I've lived in Wisconsin almost 10 years and I've, I've shot, you know, really, I would say like doing a lot of archery and a lot of, a lot of rifle hunting and muzzleloader hunting. I've only shot four really good bucks. And that's, I think a lot compared to, you know, a lot of places where people put a lot of time in, but people see, you know, see the pictures of the deer and they see the deer on the wall and they think it's easy. It's like, no, it takes a lot of restraint to not shoot the first one you see or, you know, to not be like the last day. So you shoot, you know, you compromise. It's like, you got to kind of stick to your guns and be like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. I'll fill the, fr- I'll fill the freezer with does, um, as much, you know, all day long, I'll, I'll put a doe in the freezer. I don't need to shoot a little buck. Um, but you know, there is, there is a lot of talk too, I guess, in, uh, kind of in our area about, you know, really being careful about the CWD stuff and seeing, kind of what it's what it's going to do and if it has an impact on the herd and if it has an impact on bucks and buck size and quality of deer and stuff so um i guess i uh i'm still kind of like you know like i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my thing i'm, I'm gonna shoot mature bucks and i'm gonna put those in the freezer <laughs> it's worked out okay but that's everybody's awesome. got their own way to do it yep no that's awesome i uh um was in 2015 I made it my first trip to Texas and I killed a 130 inch hill country uh, eight pointer. Man, that was my biggest buck to date and uh, actually still my biggest whitetail. And uh, um, like I was tickled, right? And it was one of the best hunts I'd been on. It was just, it was fun. And fast forward to last year, so the 2021 hunting season, I only shot does from that point up until 2021 and I was hunting public land up in Pennsylvania and I had my buddy in the blind with me and he killed a really nice seven pointer and it went like he shot the deer and it ran just out of sight ran right behind a big spruce tree in a big field and you know it was 300 yards from one end of the field to the other but that spruce tree was only 70 yards from us and we never saw that deer come out from behind that tree and i'm like your deer's laying dead right there he didn't make the greatest of shots because the deer was a little quarter two so he hit him a little far back but he hit that femoral artery and uh I mean, he was spraying, mm-hmm. spraying blood and I videoed everything and we watched it back. And I mean, he was dumping blood at every step he took. I mean, just spraying blood. And I was like, man, that deer's dead. But just to be on the safe side, let's give him time. And uh, we were sitting there and like, he about wore me out. It was like hunting with my eight-year-old. Like, we got to go get it. We got to go get it. And I'm like, that deer ain't going nowhere. Just calm down. Well, finally, after like 22 minutes. I said, well, let's go get the bolt. All right, let's go find the bolt because he shot it with the crossbow. And uh, so we we go find the bolt or we'll look for the bolt. And as I was getting out to of the blind, I look up and there comes another deer. And what was, a you know, a decent buck. 
And I was like, oh man, there's your deer. And then I realized, no, that's not his deer. That's a different buck because this was mid-November. I'm like, get back in the blind. So we set back down and when you know it, this buck goes over to his buck. We can't see it because it's behind that spruce tree. And uh, so then they like he starts acting weird acts like he's going to go back into the timber but then he turns and walks right by us 30 yards and i shot him and he had five points on this side and i really didn't get a good look at the other side because once i realized all right i'm going to shoot this deer i didn't really focus on that i just got focused on killing him and uh, he videoed him come in and everything and I shot him and he had five points on this side and three on this side, which, you know, the the number of points and not none of that really mattered to me. I mean, he was a decent deer and everything, and I haven't killed one since then as far as a whitetail buck, um, which that's only been one hunting season now. But my kids, they kill enough deer. We donate a lot. We go, we like to go down to Texas. Uh, I've got buddies that have ranches down there and we do different exotics, some free range, some high fence, but it's all with the kids and they just have a good time. And my eight year old, she's killed over 20 big game animals ranging from whitetail, axis, fallow. That's cool. Black buck, all dad. She actually, we just got back two weeks ago. We spent 15 days down there. And uh, at my buddy's ranch, I bought a bunch of uh, Ibexes and put out, and it's a high fence. Um, he's got 360 acres, but I put out a bunch of, uh, he let me buy a bunch of uh, Ibexes. I've got some Nubians, like pure Nubians in there and everything. And um, I really been wanting to spear some animals and I've hunted Texas three years now. This was the third year doing it with a spear and finally killed an animal, but she's eight years old and goes down there and on her first spear hunt, she spears an Ibex and he runs 30 yards and falls over dead. And I was like, this girl, she's going to be, <laughs> she's going to be something. But now I got a five-year-old too. Um, That's so, cool. So Ava's eight, Zoe is five. Zoe killed her first deer at three years old with, uh, actually I brought it up here, this little 300 blackout. And, uh, it's, uh, so I'm, oh, wow. yeah, it's a savage or stag arms, 300 blackout and AR. And, uh, I was running the diamond back was at one and three quarter to, uh, five or yeah, one and th- 1.75 to five by 22. Yeah. yeah. And like, it was a perfect scope. I just put this crossfire two on it for her. that way it gives her a little more objective, but. Yeah, she uh, she's a sniper, right? So I um, I'm sure you know Ted Nestor. Y'all sponsor his TV show. Um, it was almost Heaven Outdoors, but they just changed the name to to the Chase. And I think he deals with Seamus a lot. But um, he uh, he had his six five okay. Creedmoor down there, and Zoe, she is like she's a sniper. She really is, and she uh, was just like banging steel out at 300 yards with it and then turns around and shoots a big axis deer at 258 yards with it and i mean she's five years old and she can shoot Good, all right yeah and i got a three-year-old how did you get your kids how'd you get how'd you get them started shooting so i bought the savage rascal single shot 22 and i made them i, I taught them how to shoot open sight and it's one of those things okay. where 
I always, anytime we do anything range related, whether it be bow or gun, I, I want it to be fun for them. And I only take one kid at a time. I did take Zoe and Ava this season, right before season, and we just shot a few rounds. But when I'm training them, it's just me and, you know, if it was me and Ava, it was me and Ava. If it was me and Zoe, it was me and Zoe or me and Declan, right? Um, so that they get my undivided attention. I go through... I. I shared this in a yep. pre- previous podcast, but it's almost a really good time to teach them because they're potty training. And to teach potty training, you go through the basics of potty training with them. Well, yep. at the same time, I'm going through the basics of shooting a gun and gun safety. Now, obviously, it's something that I have to continue to remind them of. And, and I'm always, you know, in control of their firearm or have access to it at all right. time, especially if we're sitting in a blind. But um, I like to blow up balloons about, you know, about the size of a small watermelon and we'll shoot them at 20 yards, 25 yards, and then just building their confidence. And it's an instant gratification to where they see it, they enjoy it. It, you know, it gives them that sensory, you know, overload almost, but they like it. And we just kept developing it from there. And then I took a one of my smaller uh, scopes I had on a slug gun. I pulled it off and I just handed them a scope. And it's 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 okay. wild because it's worked on all three kids. I'll just give it give them the scope and I'll just tell them to practice looking and finding something, and then bring the scope to it and look through the scope so that they can acquire it. And a couple weeks of that, and then I'll throw a scope on their uh, 22, and then we'll go to the range. And then it just, you know, starts developing it from there. And um, Zoe, at three years old, she we were hunting down in Texas with that 300 blackout and 100% on her own. The only thing I did was I set the gun up in the tripod, pointed it in the general direction sure. of the ram, and I said, find him, shoot him right behind the shoulder. And at 82 yards... She drilled him and he made it, you know, maybe 20 yards and fell over dead. And it's been, it's been fun ever since because she's killed, last year she killed an all dad. Uh, she killed a black buck. She killed a whitetail. And then this year mm-hmm. she killed um, two whitetail with her bow, one with a crossbow, or two whitetail with her rifle, one with a crossbow. And then we just went down to, uh, Texas, and she killed one of those ibexes, and then she killed a axis deer and a really big whitetail. Actually, we didn't score the whitetail. All I know is it scored a big smile from ear to ear, but I'm going to say it's pushing 140s and <laughs> big ol' a pointer, and it's got mass. Cool. It's amazing, and like she's just she's ate up with it. Where like Ava. If I come home from work, because I work out of town, and if I came home, I'd be like, hey, Ava, let's go shoot. She'll be all for it. She'll say, all right, Dad, let's go shooting. But when I get home, Zoe's like, Daddy, let's go shooting. And the the mm. the personalities, but the, the they differ drastically, but um, Ava's all about going and doing it if I ask her to go. But Zoe, she's waiting for me to get home so that we can go. And uh, it's fun. We got a range here. In, wow, that's cool. Yeah, here at the house. And we go out and we, anything we can shoot from a pellet gun to, um, uh, Ava shoots a 350 Legend. And uh, 
we uh we were running suppressed down there in Texas and that actually opened up the opportunity for Declan because he can shoot really good but he just doesn't like the loud bang and so he 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 gets sure. he gets nervous and he jerks and you know he's hit or miss on whether or not it's a good hit well Texas has that law made in Texas, stays in Texas, so you can technically buy a suppressor as long as it's made in the state of Texas. You can buy it over the counter, and you don't have to go through the ATF. You just can't transport it out of the state hmm. of Texas. And so we bought one. Right, we left, right. left it at the ranch down there, but we screwed that on the 350 Legend, and that really doesn't have any recoil to begin with. It's got a minimal amount. But with that suppressor, it takes all of that out, and then it takes the noise with it. And he was he was hitting targets between fifty and hundred yards, consistent. And so Chance, my buddy who has that ranch there, he's like, "Well, let's go get him a deer." And he went out, and we sat. I don't know, we went and sat in twenty minutes, and he killed two fallow deer about three minutes apart. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so super cool. Yeah, we try to. We, well, cool. I just, yeah, I just wondered. I've got, I've got four kids of my own, and I'm getting them started on shooting and stuff. So yeah, man, it's it's fun, and I'm sure you've uh, you've experienced it yourself. But it's nothing like going hunting. Like I like to go hunting. I still get the buck fever. I still get the adrenaline dumps and have like it's just a passion to go hunting but it's something about hunting with my kids and even my wife april like yep. she, she's a big time she loves to bow hunt she'll take a rifle but she's more of a bow hunter than i am and uh but just going with them and seeing them kind of take it all in and learn and understand but like i'll say it till i die that I would rather watch them shoot an animal than me to shoot another animal for the rest of my life. And, and I, I, I wholeheartedly yeah. believe that because it's just something about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was going to show you if I can figure my stupid camera out. So these are, um, from the three of the bucks that I've shot in Wisconsin. Um, they're actually, I was, like I mentioned before, I hunted, uh, about the last 10 years and I've shot, three bucks in the state, yeah. four bucks. Um, so these are those three and they all came from relatively close to the same area. Nice. And they're kind of interesting. They're interesting because they all have this split G2 on that left side or on the, I guess if you're looking at on the camera on the right side, right? Yeah. And they all, they all have some similar characteristics, but, um, the, the buck in the top in the middle is actually the smallest of all of them. But I got that one mounted because I shot that one. Um, my dad actually got, uh, he got cancer and he's all better now. Um, Good. Had a clean bill of health for like the last, I want to say like the last four years he's had a clean bill of health. But you know, it's kind of like, when you're in that moment and you get to share the share blind, uh, with somebody, you know, specifically like in that case, my dad, Yeah, and it's like, you start thinking and you're like, how many times, how many more times am I going to have to do this? And a good friend of mine told me, you know, like I, I had gone over to his place and I saw some of the mounts and I was like, 
that one's way bigger and you have a Euro mount done and that one on the wall is smaller. And he went on to tell me kind of like, you know, it's how you remember the story and what the story means to you. Absolutely. And he's like, you know, that one, that one, he told, tells me this whole story. Right. And like, and I was like, okay, what about the Euro mount? That's way bigger. And he's like, well, I, I got out of my truck and I walked like 200 yards into the woods and he was there and I shot it and then I dragged it back to my truck and I was home by dinner. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like what it means to you. And it's like, I had, I had, um, one year and my wife was in grad school. And so I wasn't getting to hunt a whole lot. Um, but you know, got out and I was out one day and, you know, it's like you're working, you know, there's, there's college and all this stuff. And I'm like, I shot a doe with a muzzleloader and it was, it was cold. Like I'm talking like 10 degrees below zero. You know, we just gotten a foot of snow a couple of days before and, you know, blew an engine in my wife's car and you just going through this list. And I'm like getting out and going out and hiking on the bluffs for, you know, four or five hours and putting a stock on this doe with a muzzleloader. Like that to me was a massive, massive trophy because yeah. of all the other stuff that was going on that wasn't necessarily going on, going right. It was just cool that it's like, all right, that, you know, I didn't, I didn't get it mounted, but at the same time it was like, man, somebody could ask me how my season was going. I've been like, it's the best deer season of my life because, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> because all this other stuff was going on and I was able to go out and, and shoot a doe and fill the freezer, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, I've, they all have meaning, right? Yep. There's, there's a story behind everything. Did you make it, uh, did you make it down the great American outdoor show? I didn't. So we, when we, uh, when that was going on, we were in Texas. So we went okay. down, yeah, yep. we went down to Texas for 15 days and I normally work a two week on two week off rotation, but I left for work the day after Thanksgiving and I didn't come home until January 11th. I worked 47 days. Oh, wow. And it was, I really love what I do. I work in the oil and natural gas industry and I'm blessed to have a position that I have and, you know, it's uh definitely been earned, but at the same time. I was burnt out and I came home for a few days and I had to go to yep. Pittsburgh and cause every two years we have to get a, what they call well control recertification. And mm. I don't necessarily agree with it because my job every day is well control. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things if I pass it once and I do it for a living now, but I digress on that. Um, so I had you to go, teach a class on it. Yeah. And they don't let you come in and like test out on day one. You literally have to set through five days of sure. teaching. Right. And it was one of those things where I, I worked 47 days. I got five days off and I had to go to Pittsburgh, do this recertification. And then I went back to work and I was one. I was five days in to my fourteen day hitch, and there was another consultant who their project ended, and he needed something to do, or he was going to be off for five weeks. And I called him. I'm like, "Man, if you will come and take my spot, I will give it to you. Please come and yep. take it." And uh, he did. So I got three weeks off, and fifteen days out of those twenty one, we spent in Texas, and it was a blast. 
Now, I want to thank Ruben for joining me on the last few episodes. Ruben is the sales training manager for Vortex Optics. And if you want to know more about Vortex Optics, you can visit their website at vortexoptics.com. They've got a huge line of scopes, rangefinders, spot and scopes, binoculars, and much more. And I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, each and every one of you who have supported us from the beginning and even in the last few weeks. It's been amazing. So everyone at Hunting Day wants to say thank you to you all. One thing I would like to ask of our listeners is if you can, on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, if you could give us a rating or a review, we would really appreciate it. And I just want to say thank you again to everyone and to keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.